Good morning, Friday it is, and we are here together again, and we are enjoying the Spirit of God already on this end, and I know you are on your end also. George Watkins here, and if you are new to our broadcast, stay around a while, see what the Lord may have, a blessing or a word or an encouraging uh <clears throat> an encouraging help in the time of need. Amen. Well, today we're going to talk about uh, probably the central issue in the Christian walk is identification. The central issue, in my opinion, in the in the years, the decades that I've worked for Christ in the church, the central issue, I believe, is identification. And you'll notice the uh, tagline today is the subject <clears throat> is revealed as a son. The subject is identified as a son. I'm <clears throat> referring to those massive Christians that we sit with every day in our church services and we live with or walk with that are they're, they're the suspect. They're suspected of being something different. They're, you know, they, they have that, that error about them that, hey, there's, there's a suspect. <laughs> well, that suspect is identified as a son. I use the word son because that's the scriptural phrase, neither male nor female, bond nor free. Sometimes I often say, if you have trouble as a woman being called a son, I have to deal with as a man being called a bride. So we'll trade off there on that one, okay? So to do that, I'm going to go to Galatians, the fourth chapter. And we're just going to take a, a little bit of time just to talk about this, these short verse here, a couple of verses. Caught my attention today when I was going through the Mirror Bible, <clears throat> doing some research, and I came across a phrase in uh, <clears throat> Galatians 4 and 11. And Paul says this to the Galatians. Now, <clears throat> you remember in the third chapter, he said, O Galatians, who hath deceived or bewitched or, or uh, bamboozled you? You know, blinded you, that you started in the spirit, that's by faith, you believed in the cross, you believed in the work of Christ, and it was totally done, you were sanctified and changed and delivered by the work of Jesus Christ, but he said, now for some reason you've been, you've switched back to the old do-it-yourself and you're going to take from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and try to work it out. Why did you do that? You've been deceived. But he says this in the 11th verse. He says, I am alarmed that all my passion seems to be wasted on you. Wow. When I read that today in that, you know, kind of a common language, I love the mere Bible. It is a, a, a paraphrase. 
So it speaks somewhat like in the, in the way we do. And he said, I am, I am <clears throat> alarmed at my, at that all my passion seems wasted on you. Wow. I had flashbacks <laughs> to my years in pastoring where I would give my best, give my best revelation, my best teaching, my best prayers, and my best love. You don't do those things if you don't love. <laughs> and then there would be those individuals that would either walk away or flip. They'd go to, to another religion or they'd do some crazy thing. And I had that same feeling. I'm alarmed. I've wasted my passion on you. Well, it's a choice that people make when they hear the gospel, which the, the true gospel is not the works of the flesh. The true gospel is not you've got to clean yourself up and then God will love you. That's not the gospel. That's religion. Uh, you, you, you know, when I was, uh, when I was raised in the Pentecostal uh, fellowships, we uh, weren't too far away from the old holiness movement out of the turn of the century. And um, the holiness movement's based on outward apparel, what you wear, how you look, what your, how long is your hair, or how short is your hair. Interesting, the women had to have long hair, and the men had to have short hair. <laughs> I, was, I was about 14 at camp meeting, and one of the preachers came up and said, here's some money for a haircut. Well, what he was telling me was that my hair was too long to be appropriate in church. Now, that's, that's the old religious thing. So these Galatians, they had bought back into the works of the law. And the works of the law had, it had to do with washing of the hands and, and uh, holy days, keeping the Sabbath, uh, doing all the uh, religious uh, actions and so forth. But the gospel that you and I believe in and walk in is by faith. Now, take this, for instance. What can you do to improve the cross? Nothing. Nothing. That's a rhetorical question, by the way, <laughs> in case you didn't notice. What can you do to have God love you more? Nothing. There's nothing you can do to improve or to, to increase righteousness or to increase the love of God. We could, we could go to church every day. We could pray every day. We could give our body to be burned, the scripture says. We could give tithe of our money. We could give all of our money. Doesn't change the fact that Jesus paid our death penalty. He died for us. In our place, we died with him. And when we when he rose, we rose from the dead, innocent, new, newness of life. Nothing was charged against our former account. Free. You say, wow, well, that's good, but I've goofed off a lot. <laughs> well, take care of it. Come back on target. I told you yesterday that sin is not just all the you know the fleshly things that we list sin is missing your mark and your mark has a particular identifiable 
flavor and shape and signal. You're called on purpose and you're called for a purpose. When you miss that, that's sin. Now, that's not sin unto death. That's not sin unto hell or sin unto damnation. That's the, that's, you're just missing your best and God wants the best for you. Scripture says, beloved, I wish above all things thou mayest prosper. Now that word prosper means to be successful in what God called you to be. Be the best carpenter, be the best pilot, be the best businessman, or be the best preacher. But whatever it is, hit the target. Amen. Well, let me let me read a little bit out of um, out of um, the the mirror Bible. First verse, chapter four of Galatians. Infant heirs have no money. Pardon me, they don't have any money. And have no more say than a slave, even though they own everything. Infant, infant heirs. Now you and I are heir of salvation. He would uh, remain under domestic supervision and house rules until the date fixed by his father for his official graduation to the status of sonship. You and I own it all, but we don't seem to be able to take a hold of some of the things we need. And that this is this whole graduation into sonship. Now, what is that graduation point? It's faith in the fact that you are a son, a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You are, when you see Jesus, you are seeing a reflection in the mirror because he reflects who you are. Can you catch that? Can you grab a hold of it? When you see Jesus, you are looking in the mirror and seeing yourself reflected in Jesus. Well, that's a mouthful, and it will take some time for some of you to get past the old religious, the old law. Now, the law being the fact that you got to do this or God doesn't love you. You've got to do this or you won't be promoted if you don't. Pray so long. No, I believe in prayer. I pray. I love the worship. I love the word of God. None of that is excluded, but it's not taking the place of believing who God made me. And I am a son and a joint heir. Amen. This is exactly how it was with us. We were kidnapped, as it were, into infancy and confined to that state through the law. The law brought us down and, uh, and dumbed it down. I have, I, have, uh, <laughs> I have done a lot of things, but I'm, what I'm trying to grab here is this whole ad idea of living all my young life in a, in a um, structure, a theological structure that kept me as an infant. It had kidnapped me into the thinking that I'm just, you know, dirt on the bottom of the shoe. And, I, and, and, to, and to be accepted of God, I've got to jump the hoops and please, you know, please the leaders and shine my shoes and polish my, you know, comb my hair, so to speak. There was always something to do to improve so I would be accepted as a good bona fide Christian boy or, or young man. That is religious and religion. And it's the old law. Now, it's not the 
ceremonial law as the Jews performed, but we had we've we've we did our own ceremonial law. We we had things that we did and had to do in order to be accepted in the church, in order to be accepted by our peers. We had to show up and you know <laughs> do all those things. I am not against faithfulness, and I love. I love duty and I've done it. And then you need to be faithful to what you're called to. Don't throw that out the window. We're not spiritual hippies. <laughs> you like that? Okay. Now look at this. But, and, but then the day dawned the most complete culmination of time. The son arrived commissioned by the father. His legal passport to the planet was his mother's womb. In a human body, exactly like ours, he lived his life subject to the same scrutiny of the law. His mandate was to rescue the human race from the regime of the law of performance and announce the, re the re revelation of their true sonship in God. Jesus came to show us who we are. We are sons of God, created in his image. Now, why would this be an important message on the Friday as we're coming to the end of the week together? Because I'm convinced that one of the biggest hindrance to our development and our maturity is what we think about ourselves and what we know to be, what we don't know in many cases, who we are that Christ lives in us, that my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, not in theory, not in some kind of fantasy, play, play like it and pretend like it and just imagine. No, it is a reality. God made a temple and he made a temple without hands and it's a perfect temple. David said, fearfully and wonderfully made that you and I, and he chose to leave the temple of gold and silver when the when the veil was torn to Holy Spirit, Spirit of God, out of the Holy of Holies went. And at the day of Pentecost, Jesus, in the form of the Holy Spirit, representing the Godhead, came to live within you and I. We are the embodiment of Christ on earth. You and I are the embodiment of Christ on earth. I want you to catch a hold of this. When you do, you'll you'll I tell you it'll straighten your back. It'll your shoulders will go back. Your chin will come up. Your eyes will not glaze over. They'll 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 pierce out and see what really is out there ahead of you, and that is a glorious future and a time of change and hope and overcoming spirit when you realize that you are the container of God on earth. Wow. <laughs> I'm happy. Glory to God. Verse 6, to seal our sonship, God has commissioned the spirit of sonship. Now, I love that phrase, the spirit of sonship, to, to resonate <clears throat> the Abba echo in our hearts and now in our innermost being, we recognize him as our true and dear father. We cry out. There's something in our heart, Galatians uh, 4 and 6 says, crying, Abba, Father. There's something that responds to the spirit of God. That is the spirit of God in you. Amen. I told you, 
last week, of course, I say this a lot, so I've been saying it for a while, that there's only one kind of life and you've got it in you. If your heart's beating and you're pumping blood, you got the life of God in you. It's keeping you alive. Amen. Jesus came, and when Jesus rose from the dead, the entire the entire human race rose up with him. The gospel is you and I announcing the fact that they are free. Come home. And Jesus said, if you believe on me, you'll have everlasting life. The work has been done. The heavy lifting has been done by Christ. Every man, woman, boy, and girl that you know has been freed already. They don't get freed by, from, the, from the bondage of sin and, uh, and uh, death when they come to the altar. They were freed 2,000 years ago by the cross and the resurrection. But the enemy comes and captivates the mind of people and caps, captivates their minds so they live like a pig. They live like a dog. They live like a bond servant. They live like a slave. And their bodies are tormented and their minds are tormented. And they are all this time they have had the, the judgment of freedom by the cross. The gospel is the good news. Come home, prodigal son, the gospel says. Get out of the pig pen, prodigal son, the gospel says. Your father's waiting at home, prodigal